0: Part of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio. Hello, Mark Jeffries here with another remarkable interview. This time it's Ryan Donovan. Ryan is the Chief Technology Officer for Hootsuite, the world's leader in social media management. You know Hootsuite has over 18 million customers and is used by 80% of the Fortune 1000. As the Chief Technology Officer for Hootsuite, Ryan is responsible for global product innovation where he focuses on helping the company continue to develop new ways to grow and transform the business at scale. His experience includes 20 years leading both product and engineering teams at companies like Sitecore, Microsoft, Commerce, uh, excuse me, Commerce Server, and Cactus Commerce. His perspective on trends and technology is frequently sought after and published in the mainstream business press. Ryan, delighted to have you with us. Where do we find you today? Thanks, Mark. I'm
1: also delighted to be here. I'm uh, uh, isolating at my house just north of uh, Seattle right now since uh, all of our offices around the globe are shut down, of
0: course, due to COVID-19. Of course, oh, the joys of isolation, eh? So, I mean, everyone's heard of Hootsuite, but I'd I'd like to hear it from you. Tell us a bit more about the organization and how it even came to be. Well, so Hootsuite
1: was actually a spinoff of Ryan Holmes's digital marketing agency, Invoke Media, back in uh, the two thousand and nine. Uh, 2008 timeframe. Sorry, I just have to correct myself. And, you know, the idea really started out as being a professional Twitter client and then expanded on to being, you know, one client for all of your social networks in one place. And then over time, that's grown to go from individuals to businesses and helping, you know, social media teams actually manage their social presence. So In today's fold, we are very much focused on the social marketing use case, the social selling slash employee advocacy use case, and now with the most recent acquisition of Spark Central, social
0: customer care. Fantastic. A very busy and successful organization. You're the CTO and you've worked for, I believe, you may have to correct me, both the founder who built the company and the company's new CEO. And of course, as CTO, you're continuing to innovate further. And the company's moving into a new phase of rapid growth. So for the audience, tell us, how do you approach innovation like that?
1: Well I think it's very simple it's work backwards from the customer and really start with how can we add value and so you know as I've you know joined Hootsuite and come up to speed we've looked to make that from like just offering the best manifestation of the capabilities that the social networks themselves are offering to actually pivoting to starting to lobby with the social networks to advocate for change that we can deliver better and more innovative customer experiences.
0: And of course, that's always the objective. And and every time you deliver something new, you've, you've raised the bar and the challenge, of course, goes up with it. So tell me a bit about the kind of the inside workings. How do you involve your CEO and the rest of the leadership team in the process? What does internal comms look like?
1: Absolutely. So what we've done is we, you know, our product function obviously defines where we're going and we align this based on market data. But then as we look to manifest, well, what does this actually mean from a product roadmap perspective? That's where we obviously do reviews with the entire executive team, with the board of directors. And now we're, we're, we're shifting that conversation to our field organization to make it from being ad hoc and informal to actually having a structured, repeatable process around that by having internal product councils, which is something that we are launching this year.
0: And when you come up with this plan and this idea, do you, do you bounce it around or do you sit with a small Absolutely. team and go, look, this is how we should structure it?
1: Absolutely. So I'd say the small team is really kind of your core your core team of product engineering, design, and user education. Then that broadens to include all of the marketing teams, the sales teams, and of course, the executive team. So it's kind of a two-phase approach from, you know, phase one is my org, and then phase two is bringing that to the rest of the organization.
0: Got it. All right. Let me ask you a cynical question because this is what I do, um, is there a danger at all from decision by committee? I mean, you probably have a, an incredible insight into what needs to be done, but the more and more people you organize and the more opinions you ask for, the more likely there's someone's gonna go, actually, I don't like this and here's why.
1: Well, no, this is where I think we do have a pretty clear decision-making structure, starting with, you know, I had a product who reports to me, to myself, and then ultimately, uh, to Tom, to really make sure that at the end of the day, if a decision needs to get made, we're doing so in a crisp and efficient uh, manner. You know, And I think we're a big believer in like one of the Amazon leadership principles of disagree and commit, uh, just so that we can continue moving at an ever greater velocity.
0: Okay, good. Thank you. I appreciate the answer. So you know, in many ways, you're scaling a company from being the global leader to, I guess, what you could refer to as an industry juggernaut. Um, it seems like a huge and momentous task. How do you set expectations and position yourself to rise to that challenge?
1: Well, I think we have to constantly be in a mode of challenging ourselves to do better. You know, one of, I, I may sound cynical myself, but one of my favorite sayings is only the paranoid survive. And so I, I'm constantly challenging the team to do better, come up with better ideas and you know, one of my other favorite sayings is wake up smarter the next morning. And so if you've got a better idea, don't hold on to what you were thinking yesterday. Let's embrace the let's embrace the better idea and go with it.
0: So, okay, that does uh, lead to another question, which is, which is, how do you get your inspiration? How do you wake up smarter? I mean, personal, I listen to podcasts all the time. I try and find the smartest people around the world and just listen. I listen to them talking and sharing ideas. That's how I attempt to do it. Not sure if I'm successful, but how do you wake up smarter?
1: I'm a voracious reader, and so I, I read everything. And this is blogs, social media, uh, industry publications, uh, looking at what other competitors are doing, looking at what some of the other big players in tech are doing. I try to assimilate all of the things. And I like reading because I'm a speed reader, have been for really since I was a child, and that allows me to assimilate information Uh, probably at 2 to 4x the speed as if I was watching a podcast even on an accelerated setting. I mean, I read several books. I read several books a week, usually at least one for business and at least one for pleasure just to keep uh, constantly being learning and also reading is probably my favorite form of winding down at the end of the day also.
0: Oh, my. I have to say I'm envious of you. You're a speed reader. I'm whatever the diametric opposite is, a a snail and distracted (laughs) reader. I'll go three pages and think, wait, what was I just reading? So the exact opposite, but that's okay. So, you know, great businesses are at the very root. They're problem solvers. So could you remind us what is the core problem that Hootsuite solves for businesses, for your clients?
1: Well, I think it's a couple of things. So, number one is if we think about the social marketing use case, it's really being able to manage that at scale across all of your different social presences. So, that's the simplest problem. The other big one that we're solving there is also working as a team because most of the social networks are very much their own tool sets are very much targeted towards individuals. But now if you have a team of 10 to 30, for example, it's, uh, you know, we can keep keep you collaborating together without tripping over yourselves. As we move into the social selling and advocacy use case, then that's how we're rolling out social in a curated fashion to you know hundreds if not thousands or tens of thousands of uh, employees to do so in a structured manner. For example, we have a large client in the financial services industry that's rolling this out to 36,000 individuals and using this as a way to make sure that they're not getting themselves into trouble with the Securities and Exchange Commission in terms of what somebody might post on social. And now with the acquisition of Spark Central, we're very much getting into the social care use case. So think about Uh, If you're uh, an airline and you have hundreds of people dealing with customer service inquiries over social media, particularly when they're, say, the snowstorm that's hitting uh, North America right now, uh, Spark Central gives you a tool set to be able to manage that at scale, which you could never do with just the underlying tools coming from the social networks themselves, especially when you consider the fact that you're getting messages across potentially many different networks all at the same time. So true.
0: It's a major challenge. And what's interesting is that the way organizations use social media is always evolving. And I expect to an extent you have to stay ahead of that curve. So how do you sit down and plan with your teams, the next set of solutions? What's the process there?
1: Uh, So we do it on a quarterly basis and we we also take a step back uh, on an annual basis and really look at the things and we look at, okay, how can we better solve the customer problems? What are the next problems that they're looking for us to solve? And we're marrying that up with the roadmaps from the social networks themselves, which as you noted earlier, are constantly changing. So we do a fair bit of uh, replanning. In fact, we just kicked off our quarterly planning week uh, this week to really go into depth for what we're going to be building in Q2 and a higher level look at what we're going to be building in Q3 against our uh, annual roadmap. And then we'll obviously, if we're making changes to our annual roadmap, we'll bubble those back up to, you know, the executive team and the board of directors.
0: You know, everyone we've interviewed uh, for this series of podcasts and, and all the other events that I host, people say the same thing, the pandemic Ended up being a catalyst for what people were going to do anyway, but it just all ended up happening much faster. Have you been able to keep up?
1: We have. I mean, we ended up. Uh, so we saw utilization spike as a result of the pandemic, particularly in terms of one-on-one messages, uh, one-on-one messaging as. Uh, 2020 is now the year where social media has become the favorite medium for customer service over other channels, and so that's a new thing as a result of the pandemic. And we literally saw one-on-one messaging double, and and it's now and it's a sustained doubling since uh, since the pandemic really started to take hold in March of last year.
0: Wow. That is remarkable. And yes, I mean, you're right. I I go to that first now. I never thought a time would come. Mm -hmm. Having said all of that, you know, your clients, the big organizations out there, um, they're facing challenges. And of course, they are trying to manage social media at this enterprise level. You've already talked about customer service being a key element. But at the same time, there are people out there who look at social media and just basically see a battlefield right now. It's become uh, Mm -hmm. almost a war online. How do we as organizations and how do you at Hootsuite manage what has become um, uh, quite dramatic in terms of the way people fight each other uh, on top of what is basically a really useful channel, social media?
1: Well, it's really unfortunate to see what I'll say the degeneration of social media as a medium in the last 12 months. Uh, You know, our position is very much that we... You know, we're not in the process of moderating content. We obviously don't stand for hate speech, speech, the incitement of violence or willful misinformation. And if one of our customers is caught doing that, then we'll obviously uh, disconnect them. But we try to be respectful of everyone's perspectives and think that fundamentally every voice should get... Uh, should get heard as long as it's in a safe and respectful manner. So our position is very much in line with what you've seen the social networks themselves do in uh, recent months as things hit a new fever pitch, that uh, the likes of which I don't think any of us have seen before.
0: So true. So, okay, we've just talked about the challenges facing organizations when it comes to their presence in social media. But what are the other opportunities? You've mentioned customer service, okay? We get that. It it works really well. What about marketing, sales? What about support? Where else are your customers perhaps not yet using everything they could be? So, I think there's two two big use cases. So, one, I think
1: marketing is viewed as a as an extension of the brand and as a communications vehicle. But I think that there's a huge missed opportunity in terms of content marketing. And and this is using paid social as a means to connect, uh, connect, you know, your content with the right audiences, including with people that you never even knew existed. Socials one of the most friction-free, lowest cost means of doing that. So, you know, I personally look forward to, us being a bit of a thought leader in terms of educating content marketers in terms of how they can better leverage this medium as opposed to other means of digital. So I think that's a big one. The other one is how do you leverage the power of social across your entire employee base? You know, some of the most thought leading Organizations are doing this, but they are very few and far between. And uh, as that as that becomes more of a thing, I think it becomes a, a incredible opportunity to build trust with for your brand because people fundamentally trust individuals more than they trust corporate accounts. So being able right. to hear from and interact with and see content from the individual that they know, as opposed to just generic corporate messaging, that's a huge opportunity to build trust.
0: You are right. It's, it's interesting. I've noticed several brands will reply to an inquiry of mine and they'll put their first name at the end of the reply. So I know it's come from an actual person, theoretically. Um, so you're, you're right. That makes a big difference. Uh, how often, you know, you're so innovative. We talked about the way you guys innovate and, and how you come together to share and develop and then deliver ideas. But where do customers fit into that strategy? How often do you listen to what the customers are asking for? How often are they ahead of the curve and directing you in one direction or another?
1: Uh, quite, uh, you know, they, you know, customers are. I think one of the always the best sources of innovation. This is why we've had a customer advisory board for several years, so that we can talk to, you know, our, uh, uh, you know, talk to our customers in a structured, repeatable manner. We also have feedback in the product, so people can submit feedback right in the product, and I can assure you that every single piece of feedback actually gets looked at and processed, categorized, and actioned. We do the same thing as we also mine our support tickets to look for trends and opportunities uh, there also. And then lastly is data. I mean, that's the beauty of running a SaaS platform is that you can understand you know, what your users are doing across of it. And so we're you know building an incredible muscle around data right now as we speak so that we can harness the insights of looking at 18 million users and figuring out how to turn that back into actionable insights for our customers and for our product teams.
0: You know, it's interesting hearing you say that because your customers are always changing. But of course, the social networks themselves as platforms, Mm -hmm. they keep changing. I mean, sometimes I'll go onto Instagram and I'll think, wait, it's different again. And I quickly have to teach myself. It's normally... It's not really intuitive, but still, how do you keep up with those changes? Do you get like a heads up? And then what do you do with platforms like, um, what is it called? Clubhouse, I think, which is all audio. Can you even play there?
1: So we we have a team that's dedicated to looking at emerging platforms. And we basically look at when's the right time to add a network into the mix. And the bar for that is pretty high because... Obviously, we have to have APIs to be able to actually engage with those platforms. And in many cases, we're talking to some of the more emerging platforms to help them formulate their API strategy because today they might not have any. On the flip side, we also, you know, we also are processing the changes from the networks that we do support. And I can say that it's a, Uh, unique software engineering challenge, the likes of which I've never seen anything like it in my entire career. And I think one of the things I'm proudest of, of my team is their remarkable agility to at times be able to process these changes with days or weeks of notice, because sometimes that's exact, that's how little runway it will actually get.
0: That, that is crazy uh, that they have to work so quickly, but that's the nature of the beast, I expect. Um, my goodness, it our is. time is almost up. So I want to give you the last word. I'll lead you with a question, but honestly, you can take it wherever you will. But what advice <laughs> would you share with your potential customers, enterprise organizations out there who haven't yet really harnessed what social media can mean for them and what Hootsuite could do for them? So I would
1: say that my advice to a potential customer is think about social media relative to where e-commerce was 20 years ago. That was something that I had a front row seat to back in my days at Microsoft. and. This feels very similar to that. It's a nascent space that's uh, right now being led by thought leaders, and it's yet to become a mainstream part of a number of organizations' digital strategies, but it will get there because customer demand is forcing it. We've seen an acceleration of that, particularly in the customer service and one-on-one messaging space because of COVID. And so I think my best advice is if you're not thinking about this, think about it more and also start to explore some of the more creative possibilities think about how you could leverage social for example to do content marketing in perhaps a much more friction free manner than you could using traditional mechanisms such as email because the possibilities are there the thought leaders are getting out there being really successful with it today and you don't want to be uh, le- uh
0: left behind You definitely don't. It's the worst thing of all in innovation and tech. Ryan Donovan, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Fascinating insight into what you do and, of course, into Hootsuite as well. Thank you.
1: No, thank you, Mark, for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. The Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio.